Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 528. But it's the it's the idea of KISS, kind of keep it simple, stupid, keep it simple, silly, one of those. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jack Flynn. Jack, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet I am. All right. Great to have you here. Jack Flynn is an industrial designer, automotive designer, and leather goods innovator. He graduated with a degree in transportation design from Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California. He's a lead exterior designer working at Mazda's Design Studio in Irvine, California, where his latest project was the exterior design for the 2016 MX-5 automobiles. In 2012, he founded Jacket after being frustrated and unable to find leather wallets that met his standards. He learned about working in leather and put his design skills to work, creating a line of handcrafted leather goods, including wallets, lanyards, iPad portfolios, belts, and much more. We're going to learn a little bit about that. I'm excited. So, Jack, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? was born in, uh, in Paris, France, to a French mother, British father. Made it over to the States when I was a young guy, a young kid, about three years old. My dad was always a real big car guy, so no doubt about it, kind of got me into cars, got me excited. And then, you know, was always, was always drawing, was always doing art. Probably my best classes in school growing up were, were always the art classes. Uh-huh. So, um, when I realized that you could be a car designer, which wasn't until much later in life, I think I was 18 or 19 when I read an article describing car design and what that all meant. I, I thought, hey, there's, there's an opportunity to kind of do these two things, this idea of, you know, being an artist and, and paying the bills and at the same time keep that keep that passion for cars and car design alive. Yeah. So that's when it really kind of clicked, this idea of, hey, I can, I can do these, these two things that can meet in the middle with this car design gig. So moved across the country when I was 20 and went to, yeah, went to Art Center. Uh, I started in 2002. I graduated in 2006. 
had internships at BMW Design Works in California, as well as the Volkswagen Studio, mm-hmm. which was in Simi Valley at the time. And uh, yeah, upon graduation, hooked up with Mazda and started work there. I believe it was August 2006. So been there about nine, almost ten years. Ten years this August. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. It is. It's been a. It's been a while. It's been a great ride. I mean, amazing company to work for. Uh, I always was a fan of Mazda growing up. You know, obviously Miatas and RX-7s. But oh yeah. To see the way the company works, how how kind of streamlined and tight it is, and how how loud of a voice that design has there has really been super inspirational. Like I said, great great team. Yeah. Great company. Great team to work for. Yeah, and Japan, Japan is great. That culture is something, you know, growing up a little bit in Europe and then here, traveling to Europe a lot as a kid, going to Japan is a whole different experience, whole different world. And uh, yeah, ton, tons tons of stuff going on over there. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. First time I went to Japan. By the way, I was made in Japan, which is kind of a funny oh, funny little trivia note there. But my parents were living there uh, when they were after they were first married, and um, I went back to Japan probably ten fifteen years ago. It's been a while since I've been there. I really want to go back. Very very unique place. I love it. I love the design, the simplicity. So I see why you enjoy it as well. Yeah, very cool. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Jack, take the wheel. Sure. Thanks, Mark. Tell you what, one of the best things I've heard from an instructor in school, and it wasn't his quote, it was actually from a guy that worked at at Lockheed, funny enough. Mm -hmm. But it's the the idea of KISS, kind of keep it simple, stupid, keep it simple, (laughs) silly, one of those. Yeah. And when he said it, it was kind of like, all right, you know, I, I, I guess, sure. But sure enough, I mean, as I go through kind of my, definitely from a design standpoint, design philosophy, and then my design taste, whether it's cars or a jacket, the leather goods, I even got to do some product design when I was at Design Works. It really is all about kind of keeping it as simple as as you can. And that's not to say, like, throw away the ideas or, you know, shy away from complexity, because a lot of times the simplest things, when they're done properly, there actually is a lot of complexity need behind the scenes. But the simplicity allows the message to be heard very clear, if that makes sense. You know, so, so when we design a car, there's a ton of complexity that goes into that. But what are we trying to say about this car? What's going to attract the the customer, the people to this particular car? And how can we just how can we get that to be read as clear as possible? Mm-hmm. Well, it's something I've always looked at. Just keeping it keeping it pure, keeping it simple. Um, not you know not not overthink it. Maybe maybe you need to overthink it at the beginning, but when it comes time to deliver a product, really try and keep that message clear and simple. Yeah, I love the KISS acronym. It's it's uh, something I've always tried to live by. Maybe it was because of growing up with a father who was an architect. We always had the most modern house on the street. Our furniture was always the Herman Miller stuff and, you know, right. more and our friend my friends would walk in and go, "Whoa, what is this place? This is really different." And it was simple, clean, not overcluttered. There weren't shelves filled with knickknacks that were dust collectors. It was and even today, when people come into my house, it's the same thing. They'll look around and go, "You live here? <laughs> you know, where's all the stuff?" Yeah, 
And, and I think as we get older in life, too, sometimes you, simplifying your life is better. You know, it's not cluttering your life up with things. But I love it when it's applied to automotive. It comes through in automotive design, especially in the Mazda design, when you look at the vehicles and what you guys are doing there. So it's working well for you. Bravo. Yeah, thanks so much. You're welcome. Would you share a story that instigated your passion for cars? Looking back in time, is there a pivotal moment when you really knew that you were a car guy? I was a car guy. <clears throat> well, like I said in the beginning, it was really, I mean, it was my, it was definitely my dad. You know, we would be driving along and I remember back then it was the 80s. So, you know, Camaro, IROC, all that kind of stuff, Firebirds. I remember like pointing out details on cars and always being just so interested in cars. I think it was my third grade class. I gave a presentation on on how a car works, which was completely wrong. I remember <laughs> specifically saying that the battery was connected to the exhaust system. Like, that's, that's how a car works. It was completely off the wall. My teacher probably at the time was even like, yeah, this is, this is way off target. But, yeah. but I think, you know, it was, it was those young memories. And then I guess when I, when I read that article about being a car designer and, and that, that being that kind of like, all right, there, there is a spot for me in this world. I think I, my parents said one of the first things I told them as a child was I'm going to be a race car driver. And that quickly, <laughs> that quickly went away. I mean, I can barely, I'm six foot three. I barely fit in her. Yeah. You wouldn't fit in any race cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like, all right, when, when I read that article, I think it was in Newsweek about, you know, Jay Mays, Chris Bang, all these guys, you know, having their, having their careers in, 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 in the automotive industry as a designer. I was, I thought, Hey, this is, that's when it all kind of came together. Right. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. You know, it's really wonderful, especially when you're younger, when you realize there is a path for me in the field I'm passionate about. Oh, I right. do, people do that. They actually do that for a living. They can make a living there. And that's what Cars Yeah is all about is bringing people here to inspire others to find or help them discover how you found your path so that perhaps they can travel down something similar in a way to their uh, fulfilling their fantasies and their passions for what they do in their life. So, Jack, what I would love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about big challenges or even better, big failures that you faced along the way in your career. Maybe pull one out that really stands out in your mind. But more importantly, how did you overcome that particular situation? What did it teach you so you could move forward? Sure. So before I went to Art Center, you know, you talked about, yeah, I didn't really know how to become a car designer until I think I said I was 18 or 19. So after high school, I was, um, I was a decent student, but the idea of going to college was just sort of, I guess I'll go to college because that's what you're supposed to do, but I have no idea what, you know, I guess I'll take some business classes. I guess that's what you, I guess that's what you do. It was kind of one of those. Yeah. So I went to uh, North Carolina State University, great school, lots of fun. Um, I went there for a year and a half, and the first year was uh, just sort of, you know, this general education. I'm at college. Let's let's just do this because mm -hmm. we're supposed. To. But took some design classes there and got really into it. And they had actually a pretty good design school, design program, especially when it came to architecture and industrial design. Mm. But at that time, I wasn't really interested in industrial design because I had I didn't know you could apply that directly to cars. But I was really into graphic design. Mm -hmm. I loved logos. I loved. I just. I loved the idea of just doing logos. I was doing logos for my buddies. We would do T-shirts, and 
Yeah. And so I applied to the design school at NC State thinking like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. I was pretty confident, but sure enough, I didn't get in. I didn't get accepted. You know, turns out that was that was a good thing because I um I just turned around and said, okay, well, that didn't work out. I went to school for another maybe semester, and then I I learned about Art Center. I uh, I stopped going to school at NC State and just got a job working full time to save the money to travel across the country, mm-hmm. and then did that. I think my first week when I got to California, I was with a girlfriend at the time. We walked into Art Center. And I was instantly hooked. Like, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out how to go to school here. Yeah. And so slowly built up a portfolio, took some night school classes, and uh, eventually got in. But it was really that kind of, you know, when I got, when I didn't get accepted into NT State, it was all in all, it was it was a good thing because it wouldn't have, I would have never gone to Art Center. I would have, I would have stuck to right. NT State, maybe done some industrial design, but to be honest, I don't even know what I'd be doing. <laughs> If I'd stuck with that. Sometimes when those doors close, they open up other opportunities to use an old cliche saying, but they really do if you allow those doors to open up. Absolutely. And not yeah, be devastated yeah. and destroyed and say, oh, it's all over. I'll, I'll go uh, back and study business and I guess I'll be a businessman, whatever that is. Right, right. So, Jack, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a career aha moment and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success sure well this one uh, i'll definitely um i'll talk a bit about jacket here because that was definitely one of the moments where it was kind of like all right we got we got something here yeah and i think it all kind of started with you know you you mentioned i was looking for this particular wallet what i considered to be the, the perfect wallet the right wallet you know attention to detail craftsmanship made here in america just really a really dialed product that didn't seem to exist. So mm-hmm. the designing part, sketching and maybe even making some small paper samples, because I didn't know leather work at the time, that was all kind of not easy, but that was the fun, creative process that I'm used to in my professional career. Sure. But when it came time to uh, to get these things made, visiting factories and suppliers, they just didn't they didn't really get it. They were kinda of like, All right, well what's the what's the story here? You know, why don't you do bags? Why are you doing wallets? No one wants wallets. And I was having a hard time really getting people to make to make the, the items I wanted at the level that I wanted. Okay. So that's when I turned around and said, you know what, let me just start making these samples and getting them exactly how I want them. And then maybe when I go back to the to the suppliers and factories they'll be able to help me. Hmm. Well, so I started making these things and people really, my buddies ended up, they were like, this is the fact that you're making this is, is part of your story. You know, that's, that's, that's marketable. You should, you should keep going that route. So at that point, instead of actually going back to these factories and suppliers, I, I created them myself the first, you know, few, few runs of the items. And now we've got a small team, but it's all in house and I've got control over all the entire process from the very beginning creatively to the to the packaged product and that cool. that's been really cool so you know it was it was kind of that that aha moment i guess you'd say is when i realized that there's really something to learning this craft 
and and it's it's marketable in a way. You know, I think people really enjoy that part of the story. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think that the internet and availability to companies that are very small from consumers outside and that word of mouth growth that happens uh, gets people excited. The fact that it's U.S. made goods, which is great, it's unique, limited in some way. Something very special, something that a designer's doing with his own hands, his own team is really spectacular. And I'll let our listeners know we talk about the company's called Jacket. It's spelled J A Q E T. And I'll make sure it's listed on the show notes page here at Cars Yeah for Jack. Yes, jacket.com. You can go there. You can check it out. I think you're going to like what you see. I was very excited. That's how I originally found you. And then went, oh, wait, this guy's also a car designer, so <laughs> makes it better. Now I can have him on cars. Yeah, very, very cool. I love it. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. Is there one in particular that stands out that you'd like to share with us? Sure. Well, something I'm really proud of, and it goes way back, actually, it was when I was in school at Art Center. You know, I was a student in design that I was always trying to please my professors. I listened to them a lot. I took their, you know, I took their criticisms to heart, and I, you know, I, I would, I would alter my design, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But I was always trying to please them, and in the end, it kind of, it, it got a little bit in the way, especially near the end. And so, with my thesis project, which is really just your your eighth term at Art Center, which is your last term at school, they let they set you loose. They say you do whatever you want, whatever the car is. The brand doesn't matter. You just have to kind of pitch it to us, and we we say, sure, you know, do this project. Right. For this for this thesis for this last project, I did something completely off the wall that I'd been thinking about for for years at the time, and the idea was was basically, I mean, it's kind of, I'll just try and get it as short as I can, but the idea was to look at nature and the way trees and the flora basically reproduce and. And take that idea, that philosophy, photosynthesis, how they how they reproduce, really. Mm-hmm. And could we somehow apply that to cars? So this idea, you know, we talk about organics in cars, but that's really comes down to a styling, a shape. Organic basically means a bit more soft, mm-hmm. not so many hard edges on the on the car, the exterior design. Yeah. But I really wanted to go much deeper into how could cars be produced? How could we? Could we end up growing a car somehow in the future? And I, I didn't put any kind of brand attachment to this. I didn't put any kind of year, kind of target year, like, oh, it's the 2030 XYZ. It was, it was just a completely conceptual project, and how could it affect ultimately the exterior design of a car? Hmm. And my teachers and professors were like, this is bananas. This is nuts. You're, you're never <laughs> yeah. going to get a job doing this. Like, this is crazy. Just do... Do a BMW, or you know, they they, yeah. they were they were not anti because I, I they were they're designers, they're open minded, but they were concerned, let's say, concerned yeah. about what is this going to get you when you graduate. Right. And I stuck to my guns, and you know, they came around, and it ended up being a really cool project, and that's what got me my my job at Mazda. I mean, they were very interested in that, both both yeah. from a philosophical standpoint, a styling standpoint, and I had other projects that were. That were nice, well-executed car designs, but this was—they were very interested in kind of how how far I pushed the the boundaries of of what you can at least study as a car designer, and that got that got me in the door, no doubt about it. So that was that was pretty proud of that. Yeah, most definitely, as you should be, and I think in the design world, 
What companies are looking for is somebody who's really thinking to use a very old, I hate the cliche out of the box, but something just completely different because you want to push those boundaries as far as you can. And even if they're absolutely insane at the time, uh, who'd have thought that Elon Musk would be where he is with Tesla today and firing rockets off into space? You know, I'm, I'm sure he was thinking about this a long time ago and people were looking at him like, yeah, right. Why don't you stick to PayPal? You know, that's a good income stream, <laughs> which it, right. tur- which it right. turned out to be, of course. But uh, you're right. I think thinking way ahead, thinking way out there. And that's what the world needs more of most definitely today. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special car? And I'll emphasize the word first. And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. My dad bought a 1983 Volkswagen GTI. Cool. I think it was the first car he bought new. Uh-huh. I still only the car he's ever bought brand new. Um, I remember picking it up with him. I was so I was probably four years old. I remember sitting in the back of the car driving away from the dealership, and he was he was enthralled with it. He loved that car, and that car went everywhere with us. Yeah. And then when I turned, I didn't get my license until I was about 17, and by that time the car obviously had you know, kind of been, been not used and abused, but it was, it was, it was getting up there. Mm-hmm. So I, I never had the money to buy a car. My folks, we had, I think three cars at a time that were sort of in rotation. So I got to drive that car quite a bit. It, it wasn't really my car, but I, you know, I, I drove it probably more than anybody else. And mm-hmm. I, I really loved that car. Part of it obviously was that my dad was so in love with it. You know, I think that just transcended yeah. into me. <laughs> so in love with this thing. And it really set up, you know, my next car, I think, was an 87 Golf. And I ended up getting a 91 Civic Si. But always these little these little hot hatches, you know, very fun to drive, economical. You know, I, I've always ridden bikes, chuck uh-huh. a bike in the back of it, no problem. Yeah. So that was, a, that was a great car. I mean, you know, memories, oh, man. I mean, but when I had it, the thing had no headliner. Um, <laughs> you had to run the heat to keep it from overheating. And so you can imagine a North Carolina summer in that thing with your three buddies. Oh, my gosh. It was a sweat box. But, hey, you know, we got around, and it was a blast to drive. And I I love that thing. I love that thing. Yeah, they're really cool. My first new car was a 79 VW Scirocco, the first-generation Scirocco. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty cool design. I think it was a Grisario. Gugario, am I saying that right? Yeah, Gisario did that. Yeah, but he did. He did both of those. Gisario design. Yeah, and then when my wife and I got married in 1984, we bought our first new car together, which was a uh, Jetta GLI, the four-door sedan version of that GTI uh, car. So, yeah, yeah, very fun car, great car, great. Took it on many trips, cool. many ski trips. Great fun to drive. Absolutely, I love those little hatchbacks as well. Well, how about the car that got away, the car that you owned, you let go, that you really wish you had back? Is there one that you wish you had back in your garage? There, You know, I haven't had a – I think I listed, I think, most of the cars I've ever had. There's a <laughs> GTI, the Golf, and the, the Civic, and all. I mean, I loved them all. But I did get into – for a short time, I got into old motorcycles. I had a 68 Kook SR125, which is a really old, obscure, borderline moped. But then I also had – I think the one that I was – the most theory-eyed when it drove off was I, I had a 1968 Honda CB350. Oh, cool. It's a really small bike. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool bike. We had it, you know, I built a little cafe racer out of it, so it kind of had my, my fingerprint on it. Yeah. And I bought it, when I don't know, when I was in school at Art Center, and then upon graduation, just needed money and had to sell it. Yeah. 
and you know didn't get a didn't get any money for it really just needed something mm-hmm. and I so I barely got to dry ride it I think I wrote it for maybe a year a little yeah. over a year and when I sold it man I mean I went into good hands that was the good thing but I was when they drove off I was <laughs> a little tear in your I eye bomb man I was bummed I don't ride motorcycles much these days but I was yeah it'd be great to have that thing back so fun to tinker with sure yeah great. neat little bike for sure well, I know yeah. working at uh, Mazda Car Designer, there, there's not really a lot you can talk about what's coming up because it's very secretive. I get all that. But let's talk a little bit about what's happening today and in the near future, whatever you can share about Mazda, but also Jacket, this leather goods company, because I think the Cars Yeah listeners, uh, although this is a car show, they would really like the quality and the design aspects of it. It's very modern, beautifully done, beautifully executed. But what are you working on today that really has you excited and fired up? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, the the beauty of, of the job at Mazda is there's always something exciting going on. I mean, I will say that the company is is quite small and our team is, is quite small. So we have our hands in in everything design. You know, we've got a group that does our branding in our design studio. So even on that level, doing wow. some of the stuff with them is great. We're involved with motorsports. So any kind of race car that, that's being worked on, we'll do not only graphics, but we'll try and influence shapes of the car mm-hmm. so that you know and then obviously that's production and advanced design so production being a car that eventually you guys will be consumers will be driving around and then advanced is really concept stuff which leads into these production programs which is which is a great way to kind of get the creative juices going and again design gets a really loud voice with those projects so mm-hmm. that's that's always a ton of fun but really any project in that studio they've all got their challenges we'll definitely say that but at the same time it's it's a ton of fun. We're always we're continually learning. Yes. And right now, obviously, with the the landscape of auto, the automotive world, it's just there's so much going on. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, for a long time there, there was kind of a you had a pattern, you had a you had a way that a process that you used to design a car, and it, that stood still for years, decades. Mm-hmm. And now everything is being challenged from the way we produce cars, make cars, the way we sell cars or lease cars. Right. Obviously, what's powering a car. So there's all this stuff that's changing at the same time. And um, it's no different in design. All that comes back to design and how we can influence that stuff. Yeah, it's very exciting so times. stuff influence us. Yeah. And then, um, you know, with Jacket, Jacket's such a blast. I mean, I get to at Mazda, I've got my bosses, which are great people, but there's bosses, and sometimes you... You know, you might not be totally in line with everybody, but a jacket, I just kind of, from a creative outlet standpoint, you just get to do what I do what I want to do. And, you know, whether that's from a product standpoint, there's obviously a huge branding mm-hmm. thing going on, you know, with, with the company, how it's presented to the, to the public via the, the website or whatnot. We do all the ad work for the company, all the, again, graphic design. Right. So there's there's always something going on there. We try and do a couple new pro, uh, products or lines a year. So we're working on stuff now that hopefully will be out this summer, late summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, and it continued with the just you know high high quality, the craftsmanship, the simplicity, just you know very kind of simple solutions to carrying carrying your goods. Yeah, you know, it's really. Interesting to me because uh, one of my other past automotive designers was Cesar Pieri, who works for Jaguar. And one of his creative outlets outside of his uh, automotive design is to do painting. And he paints on the hoods of 
old cars and those become the canvases. And I, I find it interesting when I listen to and I've had several other designers that have the same kind of creative outlets outside of their automotive design, just something different, something they can do to really free flow and, you know, just have control over, like you say, because I can't imagine all the restrictions applying to a car when you're having to deal with designing a car. It's not just, oh, I here's my sketch, make it. There's so much complexity involved. There's so much stuff. And yeah, whether, you know, we're, we're, we're with engineers, we're with product planners. I mean, even the marketing group, it's just, there's such a, it's such a big team, you know, and we all we all want the same outcome, but getting there, we're all looking at it through a different lens. So it's it's challenging, you know. It's challenging. Well, then you throw in the government rules and regulations, Department of right. Transportation, and then all the you're an international company, so it's different in every part of the world of how the from right hand drive, right. left hand drive, and yeah. So yeah, very cool. I love what you're doing there, at Jacket. It's very neat, and I'll remind our listeners again. It's spelled J A Q E T. Jacket is the name of the leather goods company. Very cool. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Jack. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I would be, I think I would, I've always loved this car, and it's 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 a bit over the top, but that's, that's not why I'd pick it. It's the Shelby Daytona Coupe. Oh. You know, a car that's worth just buckets of money. But yeah. what I love about the car is, obviously, from a design standpoint, I've always, I've always loved the shape of that car. Mm-hmm. But then when you kind of, when I did some digging, you know, I, I had to draw this car actually for an entire term at Art Center, which is 14 weeks. You have to pick one item and you draw that item the entire duration of the class. Oh, Whether wow. It's the interior, the exterior, you pick it apart, exploded views, you draw the details, you put it in settings. Cool class. Yeah. But I, I picked that car. But then kind of going back and looking at how that car was made, you know, it was it was conceived practically in a garage with a small team of guys. You know, I think Peter Brock, when he designed it, one of the first things he did was just out of cardboard, made a roof for, for a Cobra. Mm-hmm. Now it was just a small group of guys that just kind of believed in what they were doing and did something very grassroots. And, and the outcome was, as we all know, was incredible. Yes. Both from an aesthetic standpoint and the history of that car is, yeah. is killer, you know? Yeah. Peter Brock is a friend of mine. He's been a guest on the show. We did actually two shows with him here at Cars, yeah. And he talked at length about that project and what went into yeah. it on the show, which is very cool. And I got to spend some time at his home with he and his wife, Gail, and sitting out on his porch and listening to the stories of working with Carol Shelby and trying to to pitch the design because nobody liked it at the time. They looked at it and said, what happened to the back of the car? What's going right. on here? And he's trying to explain this, you know, German aeronautical engineering, the way air flows. And, you know, everyone's looking at him going, you're crazy. And uh, wonderful design. Great. In fact, uh, the day we're recording this, Peter just launched a very limited edition model of that car. So uh, this show goes live in about a month from now. But uh, if you want a very limited edition signed model of that car, you might want to call Peter today and get one because they're they're going to be gone by the time this airs. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I've got a pretty cool model, but it's I'm, I mean, yeah, I got I'd love to see. I'd love to see what he's up well, to. Well, I'll give you his phone today. number. You can call him and order one today. So, well, Jack, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle? both the exterior and the interior. It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. 
It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Jack, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? You bet. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Right. I think probably back to my school days, um, I, I mentioned I, you know, I was always the one trying to, there was a point where in the early days of school, I was really trying to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And I remember an advisor being, telling me, you know, try not to listen, don't listen to everybody, kind of stick to your guns and really do what you believe in. You know, you can't please everybody. Right. And, um, you know, when I, when I think about that in my job now with all these departments that are involved in producing a car, you just got to remember that you can't, and I always remember, you just, you can't please everybody and you really got to just stick to your, stick to your original thought. What's the idea? What are you, what are you happiest about with this idea? And you can't, you can't let that get compromised. Absolutely. How about a personal habit? Is there one in particular that you think has contributed to your success over the years? I'd say I'm a very physically active person, which I know I need. You know, if I can get it daily, then I, I get it daily. But whether I'm on a bicycle, I swim as much as I can, going for hikes with, mm-hmm. with the, you know, friends, the girlfriend. Um, those are, that, that, that habit of just being outside. I mean, here we live in Southern California where we don't have excuses, you know. It's <laughs> exactly, yeah. 300 days out of the year. So I say, if you know, for me, get outside. Get some activity, get some oxygen in your brain. Yep. It helps. Absolutely. Now, how about a resource? Is there one in particular that you really enjoy, you think the Carshall listeners would like? Sure. You know, coming from a design background, I think a great resource for everybody, any automotive enthusiast, is Car Design News. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it has a design, you know, it's from a design standpoint, but there's there's great news going on there when it comes to design of cars. And that's and it's all over the board. It's great stories on um production cars being built and the stories behind those cars. Mm-hmm. It's got um, stuff from students, so up-and-coming designers on that website. 
Cool. Really cool resource. Really cool place to just kind of go and peruse. Nice. And nice. then I'd say for for these young, for any young designers and and young yeah young designers in school, there's um there's a really cool website called allthesketches.com, which is a great place just to go and look at some great sketches of cars. Mm. Um, I think with students, you know, especially in the early days, just to be surrounded by that kind of inspiration. I mean, that's what really gets gets me going is just looking at these beautiful pieces of artwork that that turn into to really cool cars. Yes. Yeah, great. I love that site. I'm familiar with it. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading as well? I think they probably heard of this book. Um, they probably read it. Uh, Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I read it not long ago. I think I was on a plane. That That's a cool, that's a cool book. Definitely for, you know, any kind of automotive enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and then pretty much anything by David Sedaris, kind of opposite end of the or different end of the spectrum. Oh, okay. But um, David Sedaris is an author from, originally from where I grew up, that area, um, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And he's, um, he's got, he's got a great style. It's hilarious. It's, it's just a, it's always a fun read. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll laugh. You'll absolutely laugh. Great. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Jack's Cars Yeah website page at carsyeah.com slash Jack Flynn. And his first name is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E-S from those French roots where he was originally born, Jack Flynn. There's also another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books where these two books and all the past 527 guest books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. All right, Jack, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost, I'll buy you whatever you'd like, even that Daytona Coupe. What would that vehicle be and why? Sounds good. <laughs> the Daytona Coupe is cool, but I think for this, I, I'll, I'll shift dramatically from a design standpoint, actually. Okay. One of the cars I've always loved is, um, I've always loved old Lamborghinis. And I think the the Lamborghini Countach LP400, which was the first Countach, so we're talking 74, I think, 74 to 78, something like that. That'd be the Periscopo? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that car, that car is brilliant. I mean, it was done by one of my favorite designers, Marcello Gandini. Yes. And it really kind of represented, a, to me, in my eyes, a huge shift in in styling you know you had the ferraris which were these beautiful even the mura the lamborghini mura these very beautiful sexy shapes um they're very curvy mm-hmm. and then here comes this you know wedge yes. that was just nuts and i mean it was preceded by some concept cars that were very very cool but the lamborghini i mean that it was just very very pure yeah super cool um and then you know you look at lamborghinis today and that car clearly it's still on the the wall of inspiration, no doubt about it, you know? Yeah. With the wedge shape, the angular surfacing, very cool car. A fellow designer and uh, past cars, yeah, I guess Steve Anderson, who's a designer at General Motors and a friend of mine has been on this show. He had one of those cars, uh, not that first early version, but uh, he said it was akin to driving in a coffin. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a, a, a kind of a unique, difficult car to drive, but he really, really enjoyed that car. It's yeah, one of mine. I had the pleasure of visiting the Lamborghini factory back in 2011, and the lady who gave us a tour. We went to their museum and we walked up to that Countach, the first one. It was actually the first one ever made, and she told us a story about where the name came from, and you know, just the car and everything. And yeah, those are special cars. So nice choice. Yeah. I'll get to work on finding you one of those. What color would you like? Oh, man, great. I, I think I would do uh, a silver. Silver? Oh, okay. Very silver, different. Or, yeah. you know, I've seen it in a really nice, like, burgundy, kind of Merlot red. That was okay. really nice. But the silver, I think the silver would just, it looks like, like, look like a spaceship. Maybe know? with an ox silver. blood interior. That would be kind of a nice there you go. combination. Yeah. So <laughs> I like it. Very Beautiful. cool. Well, Jack, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off into the sunset in that Gandini-designed Lamborghini Countach LP400? Sure. You know, one of the things I guess that I would tell tell the listeners, tell you guys, is really just not to turn away from any from any ideas. And I know that's that's big and vague broad but i think you know when i look at kind of where i've gotten in my career i just sort of i just haven't shied away from any of the ideas or opportunities that i've gotten you know Mm -hmm. i would say give it all you've got and do what you whatever you kind of have to do within reason of course to to get to get where you want to go to reach those goals Mm -hmm. but um as you get older in life i think just to kind of keep to keep a bit of that you really need to keep a bit of that kind of challenging spirit to to really just any kind of goal you want any kind of challenge you face i say just just go for it you know just really go for it and that's what gets you where you want to be very well said i love it that's what cars is all about is inspiring people you've inspired people today to urge them to move forward step out on that limb a little bit further and go for it do what makes them happy and what they're passionate about what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company your leather goods company jacket you know our website www.jacket.com has got everything on there we've obviously got all our products on there but we've got a great about page um a little bit about me yep it's a great it's a great place to to check out all that stuff and of course uh go to the uh, mazda website check out what mazda is putting out there today what uh, jack and his team are working on some splendid cars you know back i didn't mention it when i was a kid my mom bought the first generation rx7 and I thought, nah, man, Mom, you are so cool to be driving this car, you know. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. That is very cool. And I'll remind our listeners again, Jacket is spelled J-A-Q-E-T, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, Jacket.com. Check it out. You're going to love the products. I guarantee you if you got gifts to buy for friends and family, that's the place to go. Well, again, you can find everything, links to everything Jack's been so kind to share today on his show notes page at CarsYad.com. Just put Jack. J-A-C-Q-E-S in the search bar in his show notes page will pop right up. Hey, Jack, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!